Amen. Well, you may have a, have a seat for just a moment, especially if you're a dad. Welcome to the Calling Community Church. We're so excited that you're here on Father's Day. Do we have any dads in the house? Any dads? Yeah, let's give it up for the dads. All right. That's awesome. We're so excited. We do have, we have a special gift for the fathers today. So I know we have maybe some young people that are going to help us. If you're one of those young people, come forward. And so if you are a dad, we're not going to make this uncomfortable for you, but we want to make this a blessing for you. If you're a dad, please stand up. All right? Please stand up right where you're at. And we have a gift for you, and these young people are going to be coming around and giving you this gift. And this, this gift has a special purpose. For one, it is a shameless advertising tool for the Calling Community Church. All right? So that's, that's good, so it's a double bonus there. But also, when you get your gift, you can, you can sit down if you, if you want. But if you, that way we know who, who's got one, who hasn't got one. So there's a, a sweet, sweet lady. Her name is Dorothy Jean Ellsworth. And Dorothy Jean was a lady who, who was really very kind and compassionate to me at the Baptist Church as I started my ministry and as I grew up. And I got to know her and her husband really, really well. Is everyone, make sure if you're, if you did not get one, stay standing. That way we, we make sure we catch you. But ladies, let's make sure also that if there's any guys working in the children's area, so I don't know that there is today, let's make sure that they get one too. So make sure all the dads get one. And so Dorothy Jean and her husband were really special, uh, special to me. And she told a story one day about her father. It was, it was a night um, it was a Sunday evening, and they had walked to church early in the evening, and on the way home, it was dark, and so her dad would always lead the family with a lantern, and he'd be the one leading, make sure everybody it was um, staying on the path, and he would lead them home. And she remembers just as a little girl watching her dad lead, this, lead the group, and she walked up to him, she just put her hand in his, he didn't say a word, he's a very quiet man, but he just led by example, and he l- let this light shine their way home. And so that's one of the reasons why we wanted to give you a flashlight. Gentlemen, it is your honor and responsibility to lead your family. And when things get dark, you have a light to shine the way. Obviously, we know in a spiritual sense, God, you know, is the light and he's the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. And we want to lead in that example as well. But this light, let that remind you today that that is your responsibility. And it is a heavy responsibility. I get it. I'm a dad of five. And uh, it's sometimes it's a little overwhelming at times. That's the reason why we need each other. We need to encourage one another. and We need to challenge and, and hold each other accountable and support one another. So I just want to pray for the dads and then we'll, we'll move on. So Father, right now I just thank you so much that you lead us with the light of the world and who is, who is Jesus. And you give us an example to follow. And God, I pray for these men that are in this room, the ones that... Uh, that our dads, that um, in homes where it's, it's a joy to be a father. Lord, I pray also for the dads that are in, in homes where it's a, it's, a, it's a labor and it's a struggle sometimes. And Lord, and anything in between. Lord, I know it's just represented here in this room. But God, I pray you to encourage them today that you, as their heavenly father, love them. And you have a purpose for them and you have a plan for them. Your grace and your mercy is for them today. Encourage them today. Let them not feel like they're alone or they feel like they failed in some way. But let them just be reminded that you love them. Thank you for this practical gift that we're able to provide for them to just be reminded that they can lead the way for their family. We thank you in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. If you are a first grader through fifth grader, we have any of those in the room today, we're going to have a special time of uh, teaching and, and, and stuff for you today. So if that's you, first through fifth, follow Michelle right over here. Michelle, raise your hand. All right. She's right there. Follow her out that way or just meet her out in the hallway there. Or Blake's going to go all the way through. Blake, just going out the door and you can meet her out there. There you go. <laughs> He's awesome. He's excited. That's really good. Well, I wanted to thank everyone for participating last week in our celebration for our one-year anniversary. What an incredible time it was to, to get together and just to, to eat and, and uh, celebrate. We worshiped. We, we baptized some people there last week. It was, it was really awesome. But I wanted to tell you, there was a, a young lady that actually works at the, this farmer's house, the place that we went last week. And she was working, and she, she came up to me afterwards, and she says, I just want you to know what kind of impact this had on me. Like, I wasn't even prepared for this. I didn't know this was going to happen today. And she came into work, and she said, this really encouraged me in my faith. And she goes, thank you for, for doing that and coming out into the community and, and, and actually being a part of what we're doing here. So she said she was really blessed by that, and I thought that was, that was really neat. So we had a lot of food left over last week. Tons of food. And at first, you're like, oh, man, we, maybe we ordered too much or maybe enough, you know, everybody didn't show up that we hoped it would show up. But that food turned into be a really incredible blessing. So we took the food back to this place called the domiciliary over in, at, uh, in Leavenworth where the, the Veterans Hospital is. And there's a, a group home there for, uh, for people just kind of getting back on their feet. And we, and we thought, well, maybe this would be a blessing to them. So we pull up and we go out to, to take it in. It's, we get met by these gentlemen walking out. And the first thing that this one guy says to me is like, hey, man, can I have a hug? And I was like, oh, absolutely. So I hugged him. And there was another guy off to the side. He's like, hey, what about me? So I hugged him. And, and then, the, then we're loading all this food in. Well, before we even loaded all the food in, he's like, I said something about, about praying or whatever. He's like, hey, let's just pray right now. So we're all gathered around. And we're praying just immediately before we even walk into the building. And then all that food goes in, and I heard a story that it was gone in like 15 minutes. It just obliterated <laughs> all these men coming. So I want you to know that that food went to be a blessing onto someone else. So what a gift that was for us to be able to do that. Speaking of food, which I love food, speaking of food, next Sunday, I really want you guys to, to wrap your mind around what's going to happen next week. Next week, we're going to come to church, and you're going to hear a powerful story about a man who was in prison for his faith in Cuba and how God brought him to America and brought him to Kansas City to start a church. And then that afternoon, we're going to meet here at the church no later than 5 o'clock. And I want you to come, but don't come empty-handed. Come with boxes and bags of food to take down to this inner city church to bless other people. Okay, now if you're unable to go with us that evening, but you're going to be in church next week, bring it with you next week to church, and we'll just line it up here in front of the, front of the stage. And then I have a, a gentleman that's going to load it all up, and we'll take it down to the city. But don't, I don't, I don't want to let you off the hook that easy. I want you to bring the food with you and come with us. Caravan, we're going to caravan down there next Sunday evening, and I'll get a chance to speak at their church because he's going to come and speak at ours. So that's, that's uh, it's going to be a neat experience. A mission trip, one day, one evening mission trip down into the inner city. Doesn't, you don't need a passport. 
not going to cost a lot of time. It's not going to cost a lot of money, but it's going to be a huge impact. So I would invite you to be a part of that. I want to, I want to pray this morning for the Emmanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church in Charleston, South Carolina. How many of you, good morning, sir. How many of you are aware, obviously, what happened, the, the shootings in that church and nine victims, people who have lost their lives. And there's been so much on the news about it. But I saw this, and some of you may have seen this on social media, where a guy named Marcus Stanley, he was a 30-year-old um, award-winning gospel musician from Virginia, who himself was shot in a uh, gang initiation. Um, he was shot eight times at point-blank range. Somehow just mir- miraculously survived. He was temporarily paralyzed but he still was able to walk, and he, um, with God's grace and mercy, it says he was successfully able to regain his strength and walk and recover most of the feeling in his body. But here's what this gentleman wrote on the Facebook page of the shooter. So here's what he wrote. He says, I don't know you, but when I searched your name from the news outlets, it led me here. You're not captured yet, so there is a chance that you may see this message. I don't look at you with the eyes of hatred or judge you by your appearance or race, but I look at you as a human being that made a horrible decision to take the lives of nine living, breathing people. Children do not grow up with hatred in their hearts. In this world, we're born colorblind. Somewhere along the line, you were taught to hate people that are not like you, and that is truly tragic. You've accomplished nothing from this killing but planting seeds of pain that will forever remain in the hearts of the families that lost their lives and countless hearts around our country. If you're still out there and you have your phone with you, give your heart to Jesus. Confess your sins with a heart of forgiveness. He is the only one that can save your soul and forgive you for the terrible act you have done. I love you, Dylan, even in the midst of darkness and pain you've caused. But more importantly, he loves you. And church... That is our response to something like this. That's how we are to respond. No other way. And so even in the thought of like what happens if something like that was to happen here? What was that if somebody walked in and and did something like that here? Would God be any less God? Would his mercy and grace and forgiveness that is available to us be any less available for that person? And so with that, I just want to pray for the church that is probably meeting this morning in South Carolina. And God, we pray for your healing to come. I pray for lives to be touched. I know there's probably countless lives that have already been touched by the way the families have reached out in, in, uh, with your grace and your mercy, Lord. And God, help us to be that way too. If something tragic like that was to happen in our community, would we respond the same way? I pray that we would. I pray that you would I pray also that we never have to go through that, God, but if we do, God, prepare our hearts for that. Thank you for guys like Marcus who can, who can look with eyes of love instead of hate. Teach us to love that way, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, so it's Father's Day, and, I, and let's just, let's just admit that for some of us, it's a great day. And, but for others, it's not the easiest day for whatever reason. It's, it's like when we were met together on Mother's Day, it was the same kind of scenario. I mean, some of us come in this morning with our hearts hurting because of, of the fact maybe our father's not here with us physically, 
or maybe our father is alive and they're just not with us because they don't live in the same home or the address is not the same. It's a particularly uh, difficult day for me because I didn't know my real father. I didn't have a, a relationship with him at all. He never got a chance to cheer me on in a football game. I never had a chance to hear him say, I'm proud of you. I love you. Way to go, son. I never had that opportunity. God did give me a stepdad, though, when I was one, who gave me my last name and was a good guy and, and loved me and took care of me and gave me a home and took care of my mom, and I'm forever grateful for that, that he was able to do that for me. Now, my mom is remarried to a man that takes good care of my mom and my little brother. Like, he's a good, good dude, and I really appreciate it. And my mom will listen to this message, and, and so, Mom, I'm happy for you. I'm happy that... Dwayne is, is good to you, and as a son, that's what matters the most, like, because you get a little bit older, and then you get a little more protective of your mother, you're like, man, you better be taking care of my mom, and so far, he's doing an excellent job, and uh, he drove them all the way here last week just to come to service, and just to take my brother out to the, the celebration afterwards, and so it was, so it was that kind of sacrifice that I, that I appreciate about him. So I don't know where you're at today with that, with your father, if you're able to tell your dad happy Father's Day, then do it. If, you, if you're not able to, um, maybe do it in your own special way, whether it's writing a note or a letter or praying or, or whatever it is. I know that uh, for some, the issue of bitterness or unforgiveness is, is very real. And, and I went through that. I did with my real father. But really now, it's really, I have more of a sense of compassion for my real father because I just think, man, he missed out on a pretty good guy. He missed out. And, uh, and so, and I, and I think he, he lived, I know he did, because my sister shared this with me, a half-sister that I reconnected with, that he suffered all of his life wondering what it would have been like if he would have stayed connected to two of his boys. And so he really was the one who lost. And God has blessed me with some really incredible men in my life that have come alongside of me and have been examples to me some right here in this room. And if you are fatherless, you're not alone. You're not alone because, for one, you have a heavenly father who, just like me, loves you just the way you are. And so he's put other men around you. So don't, don't stay focused on what it is you don't have. Look around and see what it is that God has blessed you with. Sounds good? All right. Colossians chapter 3, turn in your Bible if you have one with you. Colossians 3, we're continuing through this journey. We're going to finish up today, not the whole book of the rest of Colossians, but most of chapter 3 is what we're going to look at today. And I have um, here in a little bit, a few minutes, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you a video that uh, I think will have a, a pretty neat impact on you. It, it really has touched my my life makes me think a little bit differently about my life and about how God sees me, and I hope, hopefully it'll affect you too. So let's look at Colossians chapter 3. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God, and when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. This idea of setting is 
fixed. It is like a locked-on target on this particular subject or thought or idea, and that is on, on things above. And so I, I read this, this interesting uh, quote, and it goes like this. Says, it's bringing heavenly direction to earthly duties. Because we all have earthly duties, especially as, as dads. Earthly duties that doesn't seem to maybe make a whole lot of like life impact or difference in life. It just seems like it's mundane at times. But we all have earthly things that we're required to do as, as men or as women or whatever. But when we set our focus on things above, it gives heavenly direction to those earthly duties. And it, and it, it gives even greater impact to those things. And I just know as... As a man, when, I, when my thoughts and my, my heart is fixed on Jesus, who all throughout the book of Colossians, it's this idea of Jesus is the fullness. He is all that you need. He's the thing we need to keep our focus on, not on earthly re- tradition or religious practices or all those different things. He's saying set your eyes and your focus on Jesus. And I just know that I'm better I'm a better husband, I'm a better father, I'm a better friend, I'm a better pastor when my fix is on Jesus. It just is. I'm just better at it. I don't struggle with some of the same things I used to struggle with or some of the things that I still battle with at times. But when I stay focused on Jesus, and it makes sense because when I'm looking down and my head's not up, I run into things and I find myself doing things or going places I should not go. And I need to keep my head up. In sports, keep your head up. Keep dribbling the ball. You know, it's basketball practice yesterday. And keep your head up so you know where it's going, so you know where to pass the ball, and you know where to, 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 to move. So he, keeping our minds and our hearts fixed on things above. So then he gets very, um, Paul's going to get real super practical in this book here towards the end of chapter 3. But he's going to get super personal right now. And he's going to challenge us a little bit. And this is going to lead us into this video. He says, you need to put to death, okay? Now, this is serious language here. This is not like you need to play around with these things and just toy with them a little bit. No, he said, end it. Kill it. Kill these things. Now, he's speaking to the church there in Colossae, but he's, in his extension, speaking to us as well today. And he's encouraging us that there are some things we need to kill in our life. And these are hard words. And gentlemen, if you need someone to walk with you through all this, through these things, I'll walk with you through it because these are things that I've had to put to death in my life as well. Anything that belongs to your earthly nature, things like sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these The wrath of God is coming. And in this particular text, it's not saying that, oh, someday the wrath of God is going to come. No, he's saying it is here. The wages of sin is death. We already have seen it. I've seen it in my own life. Some of us have experienced it in our own life. When these things are present, when our head's down and we're not staying focused upwards, ugly things happen. Maybe that's one of the reasons why there's some, or some of the reasons why there's some pain in our family in our families because of situations like this. He says you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself. And the rid yourself is this picture of pulling off a dirty, filthy garment, stripping it off and throwing it away. Like yesterday I mowed 
And I was, it was just miserably hot and sweaty. And there's something about peeling off and just, ugh, it's just better, isn't it? Doesn't it feel good? Just getting rid of that and just throwing it off to the side and getting clean. Like, that's what happens spiritually when he says, get rid of these things. And he gives another list of things that we need to get rid of. So, like, the first list was kind of like um, inward things that we struggle with inwardly. And then they, they, they do come out, obviously, in our life. But then he says, now you need to get rid yourselves of such things as these. Anger. So it's one thing about getting anger, then it turns into rage. Malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. The anger-rage piece is kind of interesting because I had this experience on Wednesday. Anger is like a smoldering. Like it's underlying, it's there, it's a smolder, and then rage is when the flames start showing in a fire. I was... Uh, deliver papers on Wednesday night. We got all our papers in. We got them loaded up in this guy's truck. And, uh, and all of a sudden, the guy runs back in. My cab's on fire. My truck's on fire. Smoke's rolling out of his, 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 uh, his truck. Well, he had a cigarette that had been smoldering in his seat. That's anger. And then all of a sudden, when the flames start showing, that's rage. And it's time to put the rage out. So we had to, like, go, his, his brother dumped, like, four or five buckets full of water inside of his truck. That was funny. Um, but that's because it's not my truck. That's why it's funny. But it's those kind of things. It's like, that's when it starts to really build. And then listen to this. He says, do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with his practices. Be honest with one another. Tell the whole truth. Tell the whole story. And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. And it says, in, in these things, there's no Gentile, Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, which was like a wild, like, jungle person. Slave or free, but Christ is in all and is all. Or Christ is all and is in all. So it doesn't make any difference who you are. These are some things we need to get rid of in our life. And then he's going to get ready to put on some new things. But I want to show you this video first. So take a look. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, his masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't really see a, a masterpiece, you know? I mean, maybe a Picasso. It's like, <laughs> but I want to be his masterpiece. I want to be everything he created me to be. And so I go to him in prayer. And I say, dear Heavenly Father, do whatever it takes to mold me into the image of your Son. Make me your masterpiece. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hi. Whoa. Who are you? I'm God. You said the prayer, so here I am. You're not God. No, I am. You said the prayer. That's how it works. Okay, okay. If you're God, then uh, make it snow in here. You know what? I really don't want to make it snow in here because it'd get kind of yucky. Yeah, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. I do. It's a Greek word. Oh. Okay, okay. Um, if you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Lamentations is only five chapters. It's a very short book. Oh. Why was it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh. Okay, okay. If you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year? I'm really not into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. Well, gave it away. You answered my question with a question. I did? <sighs> yeah, I do that, don't I? I did it again. <laughs> Step right up, here we go. Okay. All right. Hey, what are we doing? I'm gonna make you my original masterpiece. This is the process. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah. Wait, wait, 
What are these about? These are the tools I'm gonna use to make you into my original masterpiece. Okay. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Step right up, here we go. Okay. Oh, hey God. Mm -hmm. How do you know what to chisel away and what to leave? I take out everything in your life that doesn't belong there, kind of like dead weight. Ooh, speaking of dead weight, could you chisel right here? It showed up when I was in my 20s and grew around and became back fat. I don't even know why you created that, but I can't get rid of it. I mean, I've tried everything. Like, I tried running, I tried lifting weights. My wife actually talked me into trying Pilates. That was awkward, but I can't get rid of it. So if you would just chisel around here, and then, you know what, if you chisel a line right here and maybe four to five, maybe eight lines right here, that would be awesome. <laughs> You're funny. You made me that way. I also made the platypus. The platypus? All I'm saying is most of my children, when it comes to this process, they just want to talk, but they don't want to do the work. So do you want to talk or can I chisel? Talk, chisel, No, talk, no, chisel. no, 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 no. I choose to chisel. All right. Through my Holy Spirit, I'm going to bring up things in your life that I want you to work on. Like your anger. Mm. I created the emotion, but you use it in the wrong way. Um, compare yourself to others instead of me. You tell little white lies because you want to people please. You're lazy. But you try to fool everybody by looking really, really busy. You have a problem with lust? Well, time out. <laughs> I don't really have a problem with lust. You don't have a problem with lust. No, I can do it anytime I want. Hang on a second. I mean, I, I, I got to admit, I, I feel like you've been doing some great work and I'm looking pretty good right now. All right, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I see me. Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and other people need to see my son. Okay, don't misunderstand me. It's just um, when I look more like Jesus, people get uncomfortable around me. I mean, even my church friends and they're like, oh, you're holier than thou, you know? And, and I, don't, I don't think I'm supposed to make people uncomfortable. So what you're saying is you'd rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. That is not what I said. It's what you meant. Yes, it is. Um, it's hard to talk to you. You know everything that I'm thinking. I'm just saying you've done some great work. Maybe we take a break, a sabbatical from each other, you know. I'll stay right here and then, you That's know. That's just it, you never just stay right there. You're either moving toward me or away from me, but never you just stay. What you're doing is called control. Do you want to control things in your life or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control, no, chisel. No, chisel, chisel. All right. But can we chisel where I want? That's called control. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Now this right here, this secret sin that you keep running to whenever you're hurting, angry, lonely, tired, that you think you're fooling everybody, but it's making you a whitewashed tomb. Are you ready for me to chisel this out of your life? Yeah. See, it's a process. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. It's your whole life. And you care so deeply about what other people think of you. It's rubbish, it's garbage. The greatest thing you're ever gonna hear is at the end of your life when you hear me say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what you keep your eye on. That's the prize, heavenward. Oh, that hurts. Oh, trust me, this hurts me more than it hurts you. Right. Okay, I'm sorry. I just, I don't think you understand this pain. Pardon me? You're asking me to sacrifice a lot, God. Don't talk to me about sacrifice. I know all about sacrifice. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. 
Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. And there are things that you've been doing for years, these empty wells that don't have anything to offer. You've been going to them and it's insane. Allow me to chisel them out of your life. Um, allow me to produce character where you keep focusing so much on your image. Okay, but I was thinking. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Okay, but if we went another way. Your ways are not oh, my ways. Oh, I can't. You can't what? I, I, I can't be good. That's your excuse. That's your excuse is that you can't be good. It's not an excuse. I can't. Oh, my child. In the beginning. I said it was good. I made you good. Be good. Yeah, but you and I both... What? Nothing. No, what is it? Nothing, okay? You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just, um... I let you down so many times, God. No, my child. You were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand. Never the other way around. In this relationship, I hold you up. Okay. And chisel away. But just, just be prepared for what you're going to find in there. Because I know who's inside there. Because I get up every morning... And I look at him in the mirror, and I hate who I see. Because deep inside there, this, this, this little kid who gets up every morning and dresses like an adult. And I go out and I, and I try to do what I'm supposed to do, but I can't, okay? I can't be who everybody else expects me to be. God, I can't even be who I want to be, much less who you created me to be. And so inside is this scared, stupid little kid. But you chisel away, just be prepared. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that were not from me. And you have totally bought into the lie, haven't you? You think you're junk, don't you? When you lay your head down at night after you've done the dance to get the hug, you think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't take time to make junk. How can I show you that my love for you stretches as far as the east to the west? That How can I show you that my love for you has no end? I know. Reach your back pocket. What? Reach your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach your back pocket. Oh, God. Yes? I just meant, God, I'll do that right now. You're just saying my name in vain. Come on. It's, it's a name. It's a saying. It's a name above all names. It's more than a saying. It's more than a name. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. Oh my gosh. You know what that is? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a note. I, I wrote it when I was in college. How did you get this? Hello? Oh yeah. Go ahead, read it. I love Angie. Other side. Sorry. Dear God, did I hear you right today? Did I hear you say that you love me? Even though you and I both know I messed up so many times. Did I hear you say 
You want to use me. And I feel so useless. If you'll take me and use me, then God, I give you all that I am. Take me. I love you, God. I love you too. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. This salvation that you hold, I don't want it to be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And when problems come and chaos happens, don't look at it as a prison, but look at it as a father disciplines his child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. I know, but it's going to be tough. Yes, but you bought into the lie thinking everything was going to be easy when you gave everything over to me. There will be trouble in this world, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I want you to do something. I want you to look out there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy is God's... No, not the way you see yourself or you try so desperately for others to see you, but maybe for the first time in your life, the way I see you, the way I created you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. And so are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, you are to forgive one another. It's not just for the church, that's for your home too. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all of these virtues, it says, put on love, which binds them together, all together in perfect unity. Like love is the all-purpose garment. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And then your homework is to read the rest of chapter 3 because it is so practical. It's so applicable to your life. For everyone who sits in this room this morning, there's something for you to learn. Put it into practice. Get rid of the things that need to be gone. Put on the things that need to be put on and live it out. It's, it's, it seems so easy, right? And with God's help, it can be. Well, this morning, we have a, a special special gift. It's a special gift to me, for sure. Three of my 
daughters are going to sing. And as they get ready to get ready to sing, I want you to prepare your, yourself for uh, the Lord's Supper. We typically do this on the last Sunday, but we, because of what's going on next week, we're going to do it today. And this is a great opportunity before you come forward to receive the elements of the Lord's Supper. It's a good opportunity for you to allow God to chisel some things in your life. To kind of clean some stuff up so that you can come prepared and ready to worship. So here's how it's going to work when the girls start singing when you're ready. At our church on Communion Sunday, we come forward, take some of the bread, take a piece or take a cup, step back out of the way until everybody has come forward and we're, we'll just gather up here together as a family. If you've come prepared to, to worship today by giving and blessing the Lord and blessing our church, we'd love for you to be able to do that and we'll provide an opportunity for you to do that too. So just bring your offering forward, place it in the basket and then take the elements for the Lord's Supper and then when... The song is done. I'll come back up and I'll lead us through um, taking the Lord's Supper together. So allow this, this moment and this time for you to be prepared. And when you're ready, come. You know it's a good Sunday when we have to pour more cups. One of the reasons the book of Colossians was written because there was a false teaching that was going on in the church that Jesus wasn't really flesh, that he, he didn't really come in form of a human body, that he was a, maybe an aberration or maybe a, like a vision or a dream or an angel. But that, that is so false because Scripture teaches that Jesus had to become flesh on our behalf. And so listen to what it says in the book of Hebrews. It says, since the children have flesh and blood... Jesus too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and to free those who all their lives were held in slavery by fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. And it's really this deep, this deep reality that Jesus had to have blood to shed, because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And so when we come to the table, that's what it is that we remember. We remember his body, physical, just like ours, but yet fully divine, offered as a sacrifice for you and me. And then his blood poured out to, to pay the penalty for our sin. And that's what we remember. So when we take this bread, remember what Jesus offered to us, his physical body on behalf of each of us. So take and eat. And then it says in Scripture that he, he was gathered with his, his followers and he took the cup, the cup of redemption. And he said, this is going to be the new covenant in my blood. He says, when you do this, remember, remember me until I come again. So that's what we do today. We remember Jesus' sacrifice for us so that we wait for his return. So 
take this in remembrance. So take and drink. So Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of Jesus' his, his life and his death and his resurrection. May we be overwhelmed by your love today. May your love be the reason why we want to get rid of the things in our life that don't belong. May your love be the things that causes us to put on the things you want us to put on so that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus into the world that we live in. We praise you and we thank you. We thank you for the gift of the offering. This morning may it be a seed sown into the earth to grow beautiful things in this community and the world around us. We thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. You may collect your cups, just put them on the table. Thank you so much for being here today. If there's someone that maybe you haven't met yet today and maybe you're new and you want to visit, please uh, take some time to do that. Hey, remember, next week, come back ready to go on our mission trip into the inner city. We hope you get a chance to be a part of that.